0: Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire. Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am your host, Heather Hansen O'Neill, and today's quote is, Connection is why we're here. It is what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. That's by Brene Brown. And Dr. Sherry Shannon-Vanstone does a wonderful job of making some very valuable connections. She is a purpose-driven, successful serial tech entrepreneur known for building high-performing teams. She's a strategic risk-taker who led startups to successful exits in Silicon Valley and the Toronto-Waterloo Tech Corridor with two IPOs and two acquisitions. Sherry earned an MSc in mathematics and worked as a mathematician with the U.S. Government. Her current venture, Profound Impact, is a data analytics firm that leverages AI to provide the perfect match of funding opportunities with academic and corporate researchers. She's fascinating. You're going to love her. Let's bring her on. Hello, Dr. Sherry Shannon Vanstone. How are you today?
1: Great, and it's great to be with you today, Heather.
0: Thank you. Are you okay if I call you Sherry? Please. Okay, outstanding. Sherry, I'm super excited to ask you some questions. But before I dive into what I want to know, I'd love to give our listeners just a little bit more information on how you got to where you are. I did a brief bio, but what do you think is important for them to know?
1: That the journey is not uh, linear that where I'm at today, let's it say, it's taken many years to get here. And I've had the opportunity to work, as you mentioned, as a with the U.S. government. But well, I have been an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur for over 36 years. So uh, I've learned a lot of lessons. I'm still learning. And I love the, the title of this podcast because recently I was asked by somebody uh, about my successes. And I mentioned to them, everything that I have done has been harder than I thought it was going to be. So that's the fear. Don't be afraid of it. But it's that's the reality of it, you think. But the good thing is that I maybe didn't know all that when I went into it. So I I was a risk taker and, um, and uh, I've enjoyed uh, uh, quite, I've enjoyed successes, and I've had failures. And uh, as I said, I'm continuously learning. You know, I absolutely love
0: that quality. And I find that that is the common thread between all of the most successful people that I know is that they don't stop and say, oh, hey, I'm successful, I know it all. They start to get even more and more curious as they continue their journey. Right. I find that the more I know, the less I realize I know Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's a fun part of it. Right. And I have to jump into the risk taker thing for a moment because I'm an adventurer. I'm definitely a risk taker. And what I do is, is I help people find the, the qualities that an adventurer takes, that a business person takes, that, that, um, that translate. And that I think is one of the biggest one, a strategic risk taker. So do you think that that quality of you as an individual has really
1: helped you in business and why? It definitely has. Uh, Where it came from early days, I, I was able to put myself out there and I'm an introvert. And people are surprised by that. So for me to put myself out there takes a lot of energy for me. And I I love that, I'm a very optimistic person too. So that helps. But when I was with the US government, I had the best job that I could ever have in the the office that I was in. And I was told by my boss's boss when I was traveling with him on one trip. And he said to me, Sherry, you know you're gonna have to move on to move up. Your boss is not going anywhere. He's going to stay in this position until he retires. And I thought about that later and I said, you know what? If I'm going to move on, I'm going to move on. And so I, I and I said, I'm going to put my own, my future into my own hands. I'm going to take on my own destiny. And I decided to go from a very solid job with the U.S. government to be an entrepreneur and go to Silicon Valley and work with a startup, and I, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but it was just like I'm going to put I, I believe in myself. I'm going to put all of this on me, and I'm going to put myself out there, and and by that I they so the company I went to work with they said, "What do you want to do for us, Jerry? We know your technical background, we know you're a mathematician, and this was an information security company." So they knew all of my uh, credentials and I had and I, and I knew the company over a couple of years. So I said, you know what, I want to have Asia Pacific. Now, I was a technical person, not a business person to, not Exactly not. You know, I've done some business management roles, but yeah, I and they and they said yes. And I also said Asia, uh, Latin America because I have a degree in Spanish, spent a year in Costa Rica. But I ended up just concentrating on Asia Pacific after a year, but I just put myself out there and it was an extremely, uh, now I look back and I go, ooh, that was really, that really, really took a lot. And at the time I thought, "I, I love it, I'm gonna do it. And I set up distribution channels all the way from Japan to New Zealand, working with 13 different cultures. But I can tell you, it was one step forward and two steps back along the journey. I finally got a team together in Asia Pacific, and we were very successful there. But it was because I put myself out there. And also, a second thing was that when I when I uh, started about a, six months into the job, I told my boss, the CEO, I said, you know, we really, we're going to have to change our relationship with our individuals in, in Japan. And when I did that, the Japanese company They went right to the CEO and the CEO backed me up. I mean, it was great. If he hadn't, I wouldn't have been successful. He says, if you want to deal with us, you have to deal with Sherry. And so he set me up for success. And uh, it was yes, it was a great opportunity for me as a young woman. I didn't know that I shouldn't go off to Asia Pacific by myself, but I did. And the company believed in me.
0: You know, there's so many amazing points here, Sherry. And I think that that the your leader believing in you is so key. You were very lucky there. But I'm curious, I found that when I've done that same thing or when my clients have done that same thing of having the confidence and going off and doing something crazy that has the potential, like to, you you used the term, like you know taking your destiny in your own hands, which I think is fantastic. It's very inspiring. I think that there are people out there along my path and along my client's path who are trying to say, no, you shouldn't do that. You know, even with good intentions, you shouldn't do that. That's not safe. That's going to be difficult for you. You're leaving this amazing job with the U.S. government. Did you have some naysayers that you had to then continue on your journey, even though they were telling you
1: not to? Or did you have like a whole group of really supportive people? I happen to have some good supportive people. Maybe maybe there were there were some people that uh, thats it's a whole t- another story, individuals w- within the US government that thought I was doing the wrong thing. But the company that I went with uh, saw my energy, saw that I was dedicated, I was hundred percent, into this job, and they were willing for me to to do it. If I failed, they never talked. We never talked about failure. We never defined it. We never said, no, nah, you know, you know, if that doesn't work." As I said, I had failures. I I I did something and it didn't work, and then I went back to the drawing board and I did it again and again. And, uh, and then, uh, as I said, that I one step forward and two steps back. That was probably most of the time, but. I did make some progress, obviously, and uh, moving forward and, and get, uh, setting up some successful relationships in Asia Pacific. But I go back to your point. Uh, I, I believe that there, I know that there are always naysayers. There are always people. When I went to graduate school, my uh, undergrad math professor said to me, you shouldn't go to graduate school. You're taking a man's place all you're going for is to find a husband so you know you just you go oh my god that's ridiculous but you know i just i didn't tune into that frequency i didn't let him define me but it's just like yes there have been naysayers along the way but my belief in myself was strong that i thought yeah what do you know anyway and moved on from there
0: I love this so, so much. You know, it's so important to have that belief in yourself. I can't believe, no, I can, because I've heard things like that too. But I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. But I love what you said. I didn't tune into that frequency. Oh my gosh, that's powerful. I really, really like that because I know that there are people out there who are experiencing some of that. So I think they'll be able to take those words of wisdom from you. I really want to learn more and have you share more with our audience about women funding women. This is exciting. Can
1: you share a little bit more about that initiative? Thank you, Heather, to uh, ask about this initiative. I mentioned that I have been a successful tech entrepreneur i've had two ipos and two acquisitions <clears throat> quite successful and uh, my latest company profound impact is a different company it's data and ai and i am not an expert i am not an expert in this area i would say i was an expert in information security and cryptography because that's my background that's my education i, I worked as a cryptologist mathematician with the u.s government so i had the credentials and i had the experience and I had the uh, uh, education at it. So I start this company, Profound Impact. I sold my last company in 2017, and they said I had a non-compete with them. So I couldn't be in the information security area anymore. So decided to start Profound Impact. So last year, about this time, I went out to raise money. My first round of uh, external finance, funding. And it was difficult. It was so difficult that I thought, oh my God, how did I do it before? And I did it because I was well-known as an information security expert. I'm not a known AI expert or data analytics expert. I have people on my team that are, but I am not. So this was really tough. And I found I was talking to men, a lot of men. There were some women too, but the men. And it was interesting that they were not hearing me. They were dismissing me, and there would be three men pitching and myself pitching, and I have the years of experience, and they would, they would back the men and not me. And I go, well, okay, maybe it's my pitch style. So I went in and did some pitch coaching, and yeah, you know, and all of this, and then I realized they weren't listening to me, they weren't hearing me, and so I said this to my chair of my board, who that she came on. Uh, the chair of the board during that time. And I said, you know, this is tough. This. She went out with me uh, and she goes, yeah, Sherry, this is. If you're having this problem, think about younger, less experienced female entrepreneurs, what they must be experiencing. And I said, you know, that's true. So uh, I had a compl- uh, successful fundraising, 3.125 million dollars raised, and it was mostly from new First time female angel investors. So that excited me. And I thought, what if we could get women to invest in other women? And I'm not saying they're not doing it, but we're not doing it at the scale we need to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, there's a study by a group called the 51. 51 means 51% women. Uh, that's how uh, average of our women population in the, over the world. And they came out with a study that said, if women invested, angel invested, VC invested, and the same level that men do, we could put $4.3 trillion more in capital. And this, this, so this led to this initiative with Deborah Rosati and Lara Zink. Lara is a VC and uh, Deborah and I are entrepreneurs and angel investors ourselves and we we came up with this it's a collective not a fund called women funding women and we are holding our first event september sorry february 7th and 8th in toronto it's an invitation only event where we're bringing founders women led ventures with funders these are funders that are established vcs aspiring vcs and uh, aspiring and existing angel investors to bring them into a room so that we can talk about let's get more women funding women-led ventures. So I'm excited about it, obviously.
0: <laughs> I am so excited too. Your your excitement is infectious. And you know not only am I feeling your passion, but it's such a brilliant idea. I'm so glad you're doing it. And I think that there's you know, there's so much brilliance that can be expanded and so much humanity that can be expanded from this. And I I am thrilled for you and happy to do whatever I can to help with this. It's a fantastic idea. I um, what do you think would be the biggest thing that could be a challenge for you that you might want help with if you if somebody was
1: listening and they and they wanted to help? What do you think? I think everyone, whether it's uh, $500 or $1,000 or $5,000, go out and try to find a group that you can invest in. There's funds that will take women-led uh, funds that are maybe for just for women, or it doesn't matter. Just just to get out there and do some angel investing, and go. If you if you have a portfolio manager, just go to them and say, "I want to take one of my portfolio and i want to put it into angel investing i want to learn how to do it there's online courses there's in-person workshops go out there and stretch yourself and i i want women and men to do this but in particular i'm to, I talk, i'm speaking to the women we have the capacity and the capability and if we can we can do this this will change the landscape of investing for uh, from women-led ventures, we only get one point nine percent of the world money is being invested in women-led ventures. So let's get out there and let's make a difference. Let's quit talking about it and let's be the catalyst for the change.
0: Oh my gosh! I'm getting chills. This is fantastic. I love it. Okay, so. Take her advice, go out there just 1%, you know, start to learn a little bit more about it. I think that's fantastic. Thank you. So Sherry, with profound impact, do you, you know, mostly connect the um, educations, like the specific, you know, universities, colleges, or is it also business ventures as well? Can you tell us a little bit
1: more about how you make those connections? Yes, so we we work with both. We work with funding organizations that have funds for both industry research, corporate research, and for uh, academic researchers. Many times the funds require both. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they require an, an academic researcher and an industry partner. And so what we do is we use AI to bring in the funding opportunities, to understand what they mean, and then we we pull in the profiles of the re- academic researcher, all their uh, previous publications, their area of expertise, colleges and universities. We do the same thing for them, uh, colleges in particular where they have areas of excellence, and then we go uh, we look at industry for industry partners. In that, we pull in specific projects or general research that they do. And we use AI to do the matching. Now this is a, our goal. This is our goal is to get the perfect match. Now, why does it matter? What does it matter to us? What does it matter to you? What does it matter to your listeners? There's over $300 billion of research available money, funding available every year. And it's estimated a third of it is wasted. Meaning waste, meaning the administrative overhead costs that eats into the research. And maybe a researcher gets a project and doesn't finish that, that's wasted. I, I'm not saying research could be, there could be, I have this uh, hypothesis and this theory and I'm proven wrong. That's fine, because now we've learned something from it. But I'm talking about the waste within the system. If we can use technology and get use human beings for the higher worth projects and work, Let's do it. And AI can do this. We can do this. And this is AI for good. And it can be done. So we can get the perfect match. Why? Because we as a society need those research dollars being used for research. Because we've got a lot of problems to solve.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You know, this it sounds like the absolute perfect use of AI. <laughs> you know? You know, yes, there's it so- is some controversy about when do we use it? How do we use it? This sounds perfect because like you said, you're elevating the, the the skills that we have as human beings to be able to do what we're uniquely qualified to do and use AI for something like this, that is fantastic. It's absolutely perfect. Okay, that's exciting. Um, do you have a particular, I don't know, favorite or one of your favorite impact stories that you could share with our listeners so they could get a feel? Sometimes when we tell the story, it really drives yes. home
1: how it works. Yeah, I, I'll i just talk about um, one, one group of people. At, at, it's at the University of Toronto and in the School of Pharmacology. And what they've done is they wanted to find funding that they didn't know about, you know, they know about Canadian for federal and provincial funding. They are, you know, they're they've been around. So that's and there's individuals within that uh, faculty that this is their job. They're called research administrators or research service officers. But it, their job is to help their researchers find funding. So what we were able to do was we were able to provide funding for for, for them for, from different sources that they didn't know about. And so what does that mean? Well, you know, there's a lot of research in, in, the, in the pharmaceutical area. And we do need that. We've seen what happened with COVID and how these pharmaceutical companies work together. And we were able to get the COVID vaccine out faster. So that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to get that perfect match so that we can get effective research, quicker and more effectively. And right now, it's, it's estimated that it takes 17 years for research at the academic level to be commercialized. And we've got to shorten that time. And this is what we're doing with the University of Toronto, the, the Faculty of Pharmaceutical, Pharmacy Pharmaceuticalology. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have been able to find them partners and funding opportunities that they didn't have before. And hopefully to advance their research in a very positive way and shorten that time to uh, effective use of this research.
0: That's so important. I had no idea that it was 17 years uh, that because we have an idea about how to solve a problem that's current right here and now. And if it takes that long, I think it's very important, like you're saying, to shorten that learning curve. And so kudos to you for being involved in that. Um, you know, with the name of the show being From Fear to Fire, I usually like to ask my guests if they have overcome a, a fear or a challenge and what the lesson was that they learned and if there's something that they could share from that to help our listeners. Have you had anything like that?
1: Yes, I have. I think we all do. I I think... You're always know, talking about women investing in other women and taking a little bit of risk. I think it's not it's not uh saying there's no risk, there always always is risk. I recognize the risk and say, okay, this is a risk I can I can manage. Try to manage the risk or be risk aware. Risk aware. And I think that's something that in what I was talking to you about jumping around, uh not yeah, jumping around, moving from US government to to uh um, the entrepreneurs uh area, was a big jump for me. And then in in, um, almost 30 years ago, I came to Canada. And I left Silicon Valley for the reason that I wanted to be more impactful with my my team. I was in a very toxic environment. I could stand up to, to the people because I have the confidence in myself, but I wanted my whole team to be to not have to endure this type of treatment. So when I came to Canada, it was like, okay, what am I gonna do now? I interviewed with several companies. I ended up in near Toronto with the company that we later went on and did great things and security for the Blackberry and all the cell phones and all of that. But in that, every, as I said, every step I've taken, I've always had fear. I've sat down and I said, okay, if I do this, what's the worst thing could happen? You know what? The worst thing I came up with one time and I said it to, to my, my husband at the time when I was going to California, I said, you know, the worst thing that can happen is I will be flipping hamburgers at Wendy's. And guess what? I'll be the best at that. And then I'll move up and I'll manage the Wendy's and who knows what I can do. So. Every time I've taken steps, and I mentioned it earlier in, the, in, the, in our conversation, is that I said, everything that I've done has also been harder than I thought it was gonna be. But I looked at it and go, what is the worst? I, I, I tried to be risk aware or fear aware to say, you know, of course you're afraid. Everyone's afraid. When I walk into a room of 2,000 people and I'm getting up to talk, Last year, I, I presented at Collision. My knees were knocking. I was I was so nervous. And you could think, oh my God, yes, of course. I, I kind of hope I don't do that again, because it's a little <laughs> embarrassing uh, when your knees are knocking. Uh, but I think we all have fear. We have to recognize it and realize that this is not uncommon. We're human beings, that we're not robots and we, we really do care how well we do and, and that fear and, and how if we're going to be successful. So yes, almost yeah. every day, I'm afraid, I but I step forward anyway.
0: You do it anyway, right? But the <laughs> awareness, what, what could happen? You know, you're looking at, at the risks and, and then deciding, okay, I'm willing, I'm going to give it a shot. Good for you. Yeah. I think that's excellent advice. You know, it's time that I could, I could spend another hour talking to you, Sherry, but, um, I think that our listeners might want to get some more information about how to find you, how to learn more about Women Funding Women. Can you share with them?
1: Yes. So I'm on LinkedIn. Reach out to me. Women Funding Women is also on LinkedIn. Look, look them up. You can also reach out to me directly at sshannon@profoundimpact.com at And I would love to uh, hear from any of your listeners. That would be awesome for me. Thank Wonderful.
0: You. And listeners, don't worry. I will put the links that Sherry just mentioned into the show notes for you to make it nice and easy. It's time. It's time for our parting words of wisdom. You've already given us a lot. But one more. What do you have on your heart that
1: you want to make sure to leave with our listeners? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Hmm. I, I. That's one of the things that I have to keep reminding myself. You know, we're independent women. We're you know, we may have had some success. We've had some failures, but most, I have to push myself to do that. Sometimes I want to do it all. And I have to remind myself, ask for help because you get further. You can go, you can maybe go faster alone, but you can go further with others. Mm, Oh, that's wonderful.
0: And I got to tell you, Um, That might be advice that I personally need from time to time. So thank you very much for that one. (laughs) I so appreciate your time and energy and wisdom here, Sherry, and everyone else. If you do as well, if you enjoyed the show, please share it out with a friend that you think might also enjoy it. Throw it on social media. Leave us a testimonial. Let us know what you think because we care. So thank you. Thank you all. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. We'll I'm